0: First off, it's Capital City. I'm Capital J. This is my main man, DL Glass. We're in the building right now, and we got yes, legendary, legendary member of the Cold Crush Brothers.
1: Well, I actually started the Cold Crush Brothers. I'm the original DJ Tony Tone of the legendary Cold Crush Brothers, and go by the name of Tony Crush now.
0: You know what? When when D.L. told me, he said, man, you know who Tony Crush is? I was like, hmm, Tony Crush, Tony Crush. And then later on, Tony Tone, he said, Tony Tone. I was like, oh, I know who Tony Tone is. <laughs> I did not know who Tony Crush was. I was embarrassed for a second. I was like, oh, no, he stumped me. How did he stump me? But, Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, so, so That's how that happened too. Yeah, that's exactly How it went down When he said Tony Tone and I was like, oh My whole body language changed I was like, oh Tony Tone's has Oh, that's what's up So first of all, man We are very happy To have you in the building And we are honored That you take part In this podcast with us It's my pleasure,
1: man It's my pleasure If you ain't teaching You ain't doing hip hop My man, well We so get ready to teach anytime I get a chance To teach I know I'm doing hip hop
0: Okay, well That's what we've been Trying to do And now I have a better teacher than myself. So some of the things that we've already talked about, we talked about the early days of hip hop, right? And, and how this thing started. And we talked about the impact it had, you know, on us from afar watching it grow. Cause, um, early in, early in the days, it was hard being in North Carolina to get your hands on cold crush music. You had to, you had Mm -hmm. to really be plugged in with the right channels to to have access to the music, but in New York, you guys got this whole thing jumping off. So start us from the beginning. When did when did the idea or the notion of, of making this type of music and being involved in this lifestyle come to you? And how did you get to forming the Cold Crush Brothers?
1: It, it, it's a journey. Like right? late '74, my god brother took me. He asked me, "Did I know who Cool Herc was?" So I said nah. So he said, "Well, I'm gonna take you to this place called the Hevalo," and he took me in the Hevalo, and it was like night and day. The music was night and day. I was working in the record store already, but when I walked in, her cool her party, he wasn't playing nothing that I was selling in the store, and I was like, "Like, what is this music he playing? Cause I I I haven't heard eighty percent of this music, and I'm I'm playing the top 40. But Herc was playing like the records that people wasn't playing on the, on the albums and stuff. And I'm looking, and I'm and I'm by the DJ booth, and I'm trying to peep over because they got half the DJ booth painted black. So you and well, when I see the records, he already got tape over the record name, did the name.
0: Yeah, he knew he knew okay. DJs were trying to peep the style.
1: Yeah, because he was playing the, the obscure record, the, the song. But you know, people think, "Oh, hip hop, rap music." No, it wasn't even called that because he was playing maybe sixty percent jazz, and um R and B did was just called soul music. Um, so he played jazz, soul music, and rock and roll. Those are the three main compositions of music that he's playing. Right. Bob James, Etta James, um, Bill Scott Heron, the Jackson Five. Um, you know, but he's playing the songs that ain't being played on the radio that's on these
0: albums. Right. And, and from one DJ to the next, you know that when you walk into a party and you hear a guy rock, playing joints that everybody else ain't playing and the crowd's still with it, that's major respect right there.
1: Yeah. And there ain't no cutting and scratching at that time. It's just, he playing it from start to end. Ain't no cutting and scratching, But it's all ain't the right no music. Yeah, he's just playing all the right music. Right now, I, I probably can play about 70 records that started hip hop with no, like, like the, uh, the, the majors won't even, like, yo, what's that? I, I just played a record like maybe last summer, last September. And the dude came over and said, What's that? And I said, It's the Jackson Five. He said, That's the Jackson Five. I said, Yeah, that's the Jackson Five you don't know about. Uh, I've been I've been doing this. Well you ain't been doing it long enough if you don't know this
0: record. <laughs> Spoken like a true yeah, DJ. Go
1: back and do some homework. Go back and do your homework. See, everybody always want to be uh, known. They want to know everything, but they don't do no research. Mm-hmm. You can't know something if you ain't, if you ain't doing no research. I, I bet you I could play I could be a tw- a, a, a 20 records and people won't even know this is what started hip-hop. They don't even know the artist. You know, I could play some Isley Brothers that people don't, wouldn't even know it's the Isley Brothers. If 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 they know
0: who the Isley is, right? A lot because of DJs Isley
1: brothers been out there a good a long time since
0: the fifties, right? And a lot of DJs spend a lot a lot of time searching for those breaks from the early days too. But um, what was yeah. it? It wasn't till those ultimate breaks and beats kind of cheated and gave them out to everybody. Yeah, All yeah, that was top secret stuff. So tell me this: How long? From from seventy four, how long was it before you started seeing the the MCs really take front and center?
1: Well, like it all starts with the DJ, you yeah, know, man. the DJ putting everything together, building building foundation and everything. Um, uh, back when when I first walked to the court party, he was. He was making announcements, doing a little rhyming while he made the announcement, You know, calling out, you know, people in the party. But that's that's what he was doing. Um, maybe about maybe about seventy-seven. The MCs start forming because now the DJ need he need to be focused on DJ, so he need a front man. Right. So
0: he but he pay got. Attention.
1: I mean, but hurt got Coca Rock there with him too. He got Coca rock. You know, Coca Rock is doing a little rhyming, you know, but he putting they putting in the structure of what this should be looking like. And we and and the rest of us sitting around and taking notice. Um so now the the the, 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 the three MCs come along. What now is known to people as the Furious five. You know, Grandmaster Flash and the three MCs. Right. It's not Grandmaster Flash and the Series Five. Mm-hmm. But I mean everybody's like we started and we you know, we changed up and changed up and changed up until we got the formula to to keep going. But everybody now think, oh, it it started like that and it's been like that. No, it didn't. We changed up and Added on, and and some people then passed on, and some people just didn't stick with it. You had to, you had to stick with it to make it work. You know, Cool Herc and the Herculoids, you know, Clark Kent, Coke the Rock, the Imperial JC, uh, you know, these are the the, the real starter of this thing. Then Africa Bambara come in with the Zulu Nation, and then he started putting the elements. The first it was five elements. Now it's um uh, it's probably about more than twenty elements of hip hop culture. Um, the, the the five the first five is the DJ, the MC, the b boy, the graph, the graffiti writer, and the fifth element is knowledge. You know, teaching and learning. Right. what it's supposed to be like and how how you want to be perceived in this world. Um, people don't know, like the year 2000, we was invited to the United Nations and signed a treaty with the USA that hip-hop is looked at as recognized as a culture. Nice. And we had delegates from different countries there to sign this treaty with us. 2005, Hip hop um, uh, is in Cornell University. Inducted into Cornell University in 2005. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that people don't understand that this culture has
0: gone through. Speaking, you know, speaking to be of recognized. Hey, speaking of the the international impact. Now, I read somewhere that the Cold Crush Brothers. One of the first hip hop groups to really take hip hop out of the United States. Is that true? Y'all hit the Japan early on in your career. Nin-
1: 1983.
0: Oh man, tell us about that. What it was like?
1: We toured Japan for two weeks. Um, we did the first. We did. We did the first. It was supposed to be a graffiti documentary. But then it was like a little laid back and boring, so they added us to the mix. Right. Now, while the movie name is Wildstyle. the first, the movie, first hip hop movie, credited as the first hip hop movie, we started shooting in eighty one, finished in eighty two, toured Japan in eighty three. So no hit record, no hit record. Huh. When we toured in Japan because of this movie for two weeks. Uh, stadiums, uh, stadiums, not parties, stadiums of people that couldn't, re- couldn't even understand us vibing to the culture in 83. So when somebody say, oh, I started hip-hop in 86, I'm like, yo, man, I was touring in 83. Right. So, you know.
0: And, you know, the the impact of that movie, man, was, well, first of all, I was telling DL, at the time, my way to see that movie, I don't know if the USA Network was one of the few stations Mm -hmm. we had on cable, and they used to have this night flight program. And and Wild Style would come on there, so I caught it, you know, back then. I was like, wow, why have I never heard of this? I don't remember it coming to the movie theater Nothing is just popped up, and well,
1: you know, the, the the director he did it on his credit card. Right. He, he 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 did he he did the movie on his credit card, him and his friend's credit card. That's how he shot the movie. He didn't even they didn't have to know it all to even give us like strips to read and, and say our lines and stuff. He just said, "Yo, say what you would say in this in this situation. Just just be yourself."
0: Right, <laughs> right. And you can see it. it remind, like you could tell that Beat Street drew a lot from Wild Style when yes. when it came out. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, we um, I took the contract to my mother and said, "Yo, they want us to be in this movie, ma." And she said, "Why would they want you to be in a movie?" And never even took the contract. To read it or say we need to take it to a lawyer or anything, so we signed the contract and we get one percent of the gross of the movie to to split six ways. Mm, wow!
0: Does that include say that, future?
1: It's <laughs> still the same way. We get we get we still get in checks for the
0: movie. Word, well. $5, <laughs> that's, $6. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah.
1: We still getting checked 30 years later, 40 years later. We still getting checked. But I say, I, I tell, I tell it, I try to tell it like it is because um, we need to understand that a parent need to be in a kid's life, regardless whether you think it's nonsense or whatever. You need to really pay attention to your kid and what he's doing or whatever, because you know that that could have been a whole lot better for us if we had somebody say okay let's let's really pay attention to this. let's get this contract to a lawyer or whatever you know. Right, we could have got we could have been right, it could have been different, you know, it could have been different than us just taking upon ourselves to sign and ourselves and agree to one percent of the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but that's what happened, that's what happened,
0: yeah. But personally, I've always felt like it's kind of criminal how under recognized. Cold Crush Brothers are, hmm. and I know that you know.
1: Well, for- well, I would I wouldn't say. Well, we 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 are named the Temptations of Hip Hop Culture. Um, we um we've been in a lot of write ups. We've been uh, we've been all over the world. It's Man. just that our people don't give us the credit that. That they should because they don't they don't know, you know. You right. got Jay Z saying, "I'm overcharging for what they did to the Cold Crush because all all those guys copied and they built their style on, on us." Yes, um, I, we just put a lot of thought into it. Um, I was down with a group called The Brothers Disco before I started The Cold Crush. And The Brothers Disco um, grew into be the Funky Four and then later on became the Funky Four Plus
0: One. I was was Um, getting ready to say. I remember that reference and um, golly. Yeah, I had an old Sugar Hill Greatest hits, 1981 and Funky Four Plus One so so you, yeah. you that's man that's incredible all these yeah uh, I
1: started with them um break DJ Breakout and Barron and first it was just KK the voice of KK Rockwell and KK then Rockwell. they formed the Funky Four then they formed the Funky Four and um 1979 the um Funky Four had a battle with the Furious Four and then um Raheem quit the Funky Four and went with the Furious and, and that became the Furious Five. Oh. And then Little Rodney C and Jazzy Jeff got down with the Funky Four and then Shy Rock had left but she came back and she became the plus
0: one. And um, Roddy I saw, C...
1: I saw all that happen. That's little Rodney
0: C, yeah. That's one of the Double Trouble guys from the Stoop.
1: Yeah, that's that's one of the devil trouble. Rodney C is one of the devil trouble guy, and the other guy is K.K. Rockwell. Man, you know what? Which is which are still around today, <laughs> and 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 I will get Rod. I will get you in touch with Rodney C so you can have him on the show too.
0: Oh man, that'll be incredible, man. That we would greatly appreciate that because, um, you know, my my problem with with. You guys not getting the proper recognition. It's not that that true hip hop heads don't know who you are. It bothers me that the casual fan doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Even even well, back yeah. five years, like five years after your heyday, let's say y'all at the best, it's really jumping to eighty one. Five years later, in eighty six. I didn't feel like there was proper respect given to. But well, we Prunch still girl. getting bookings. We still. <laughs> We still getting bookings, you know. Somebody
1: just called me; they want to bring us out to Dallas. Um, you know,
0: yeah. The culture's caught up now. Bookies. The culture's caught up now, and you guys are, are you know, yeah, yeah. And especially, I mean, it,
1: and, and you got people with hit records that don't don't want us to open up for them. They they still don't want us to open up
0: for them. True, Not
1: because we ain't good enough. Because they feel that they don't want to come on after us.
0: And I can't say that respect has not been given because, if I'm correct, you are now in the Smithsonian, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. I I was asked to. I was asked to go into the Smithsonian. At first, I I turned it down, but then when they mentioned Emmett, Emmett Till, I said, "Yeah, I want to be in it."
0: Yeah, that's, that's um, a lot fun. of
1: people might not know of Emmett Till or what the case is, but they need to learn. You know, they need to learn. They need to figure out whether you go... You go. You got to teach yourself because the schools program you. They don't really teach you. They program you. So you got to be looking for avenues that are willing to teach you about your history, about who you are, about who you might want to be.
0: Right. And the, and the impact... So that also means that... The Smithsonian feels like your impact on our culture is important enough it, it, to stand beside the legacy of Emmett Till and all those other great people in there and then then you sir have gotten your respect.
1: And you know I'm I'm on the, my exhibit is on the third floor. It's about the size of a half a basketball court. Um I got video in my exhibit where I'm teaching you. I got a um, creative record to show you the first coat, a uh, first like 25 records that started hip hop, and and I'm I'm doing a um, a, we got two videos screaming. I'm talking. Yeah. Um, Cornell University inducted the first years of hip hop. Uh, my picture is in there. You know, right next to the Gettysburg Address. Um, so you know,
0: hmm. nice. But these
1: are the things people don't hear about, and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta share it with our people because they're not gonna share it with our people. They oh. want you, They want us to say we ain't did that, and then they want other nationalities to say we ain't did nothing. Well, got- of course, they going
0: they gonna push the negative part of everything, right? I got a question for you. When it came time to get the call from the Smithsonian, is it? I didn't it, get a call. Oh, hmm. so they I, came to the house. Oh, they came to the <laughs> house. To the house. <laughs> so right. <laughs> yeah. So so did did that invitation go out to anybody else from the Cold Crush, or was it was it you specifically? No, it was,
1: yeah, they came. They came to me. No. But I took the whole cold crush in with me because mm, right. I didn't do it alone. Right. They said, yeah. they said, we want you to be, I gave them a whole sound system from like the seventy, seventy two, seventy three. 72, 73. I gave them a whole sound system. Then my whole sound system is in there. Um, and it says the Bronx on the, on the, on the fence. It says the Bronx. Um, but I said, "Listen, I, I want I want everybody, I want my whole crew to go in with me. So I got my boys there with me. Nice. You know they got other people in there. You know they got things from other people, but they got a whole sound system for me, as well as the um the Universal Hip Hop Museum that's supposed to be opening up in the Bronx in 2024. I think I donated some speakers and stuff to them as well."
0: Oh man. You this... know, a lot of this stuff
1: I caught I kept so I could put it in museums, I I just felt like I'm a collector. Let me say that I'm a collector, so I got I got stuff that should be in museums, so I'm I'm spreading it out. I just found out I got some stuff in a in a museum in Tennessee.
2: Hmm.
1: So nice man. I, I ain't even been there yet, but I Online, I saw a, I, my cousin called me and said, "Hey, you know you got something in the Tennessee Museum." I said, "No, nah, I, I don't know nothing about it." So,
0: yeah, that's what's up. We man.
1: even got we even got a shrine in in the Applebee's.
0: <laughs> nice There's
1: about six Applebee's.
0: <clears throat> that's what's yeah. up. So, that's what's up, man. So I'm I'm glad yeah. things are like they are. You know, we um we talked a lot about how hip hop changed from the the late 70s early 80s and how how the the whole sound got more polished and yeah and yeah. and all of this you know tell us um let's let's talk about that a little bit like you know in, you know hip hop in its original form is raw it's happening live you know um of course there is some planning but but you know it's it's everything is is improv a lot of times Yeah,
1: I mean, we was kids. We was kids doing what we saw Hurt doing and enjoying it. Um, The Bronx was gang-ridden, had over 300 gangs. You couldn't go to the next block because another gang was on the next block. So playing music in the street loosened up that tension, and people took off their colors just to enjoy a couple of hours of music being played in the street. Um, Like the whole thing, but then when you start taking notice and you seeing that this is, it got a structure, it's got a structure, it's got a different structure. Like um, you go to other clubs, you got to have on shoes, you got to be dressed up, button down shirt, you know, and Cool Hurt Party, it's come as you are.
0: Yep. Yeah, I talked about on one of the podcasts the one of the things that I feel like ruined, um, ruined the club was was the dress code. They started enforcing dress codes in places that they used not to.
1: Yeah, because everybody try to be the grown club. They try to be the grown club, um, where they want people to come dressed up and. You can't get in if you got on sneakers. You can't get in if you have on a certain type of hat. And, you know, and Herc didn't do that at his party. He like, yo, Herc about getting that money. So he like, yo, come and come and, and feel comfortable. You can come dress up if you want to, but if
0: you don't want to, still bring me that money. And there's something about that you music, know, that- man. Good music yeah. good music I have people who don't get along. They'll come in there and they'll get along as long as the music's right.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I see I see I see parties where the music is is playing and it's good and everything going good. And then people change up the floor of the music and the next thing you know, people are fighting. Yep. I'm like, wow. Happens all the time. Yeah, you know. You know, and it's just that one—it's that one or two people that want to hear that type of music, and then it's twenty minutes into it, it's a—it's an argument, a fight, something like, "Wow, man!" Like, yo, so. right? You know, but, you know, everything—everything good—they throw a, a, a virus. Your computer working fine, all of a sudden, you got a virus. That's the same thing with life. Well, if you have it too much fun and enjoy life, they will put a virus out there
0: for you well, speaking of the virus, we talked about the the impact of drugs on hip hop in one of our shows, right uh, and of course <laughs> of course, from beginning to end to now, you've seen the impact uh, of that crack cocaine and what it did to the community, and it speaks volumes that you went from the beginning of your career, and at this point you still had stuff that you could donate to a museum. A lot of people weren't blessed enough to have made it through through the rough times and still be able to hold on to to some of the more precious items they collected. so tell me about the impact of drugs on the people around you and how you manage to to stay off of stay oh yeah make it to this point well, well, and still have stuff
1: being a, being like like we was talking earlier being a kid that worked in the tobacco breaking tobacco or doing cooking tobacco taking tobacco to to the market to sell all i did all of it um when it came, when it came time, my father asked me, "Do I want to start smoking?" I said, "No, nah, I ain't. I don't want to start smoking." Um, I was drinking alcohol. I fell out. I passed out at the cool hurt party at seventeen. The next day, I quit drinking. Mm. Just totally quit drinking, and I still don't drink. And I'll be sixty-two this year. Um. I seen the the crack era just came in and just ate up a whole lot of people, ate up a whole lot of things dealing with you know life, and luckily a couple of people was able to to survive it. A lot a lot of people didn't survive it. I mean just like, I mean, and I don't mean just people in hip hop. I mean like real, like like people like Sly Stone and the uh, People on that level, right? You know, it doesn't. You know, messed up. You know, messed up their life and and just ate them up from the inside. You know, if, you know. I don't. I don't been around presidents. I don't been around. You know, the chocolate cars. The I see. I was lucky enough to see Gage Brown perform. Um, you know. I, people don't, you don't get a chance to be around these people. You know, I sat, I sat with George Clinton one night in in a club and Rodney Dangerfield is sitting over here and, you know, it's like, I seen Eddie Murphy like, rolling the club with security and I'm saying, why is he the only one got security? Everybody in here is in here because they somebody. (laughs) But he the only one walking around with security. Like, like, yo, you, you around your people, man. Wait, you don't need your security in here.
0: Yeah, I seen but, it.
1: <laughs> but that's how, you know, you can't tell a man how to roll. So, you know. But I I, I also seen, like, I used to walk in places and, and Russell Simmons, before he became Russell Simmons, would like, yo, come come here. Let me talk to you. Um, explain to me what y'all doing. I sat there and, and then it taught him hip hop. Right. You know, when I, he to call me every week. When he signed LL Cool J, he called me down to the record company and say, yo, could you mentor my new audience? You know, and I say, yo, what?" your name is LL, um, meet me at this club, Broadway International, and ask for me at the door, and I'm going to come down and get you in. You know, it, as I say, you got to pass it on. You got you to gotta help the next man in this culture. I agree. Um, because, you know, well, you got to help the next man in everything, you know, but, but people don't do that. People don't reach back. People don't reach forward. They just get it and try to hold on to it. Yeah. What good is that doing? What good is that doing? If we got hip-hop, if we got what we now call hip-hop, we kept it to ourselves, would it be all over the world? No. It would just be in a little corner of the Bronx, doing nothing.
0: Yeah, the younger generation is a little bit more guarded with their stuff. You know, I know personally, I got what...
1: They been bamboozled all over again. Yeah,
0: you they gotta been, share.
1: They yeah, you gotta share. You gotta open that door for the next people. Cause what you getting is yours. But it's a lot more there. You ain't gonna get it all. You gotta keep this thing growing for it to still be able to to live, to to make money. To, to, to change people lives. You know, this come from some kids on the street and now it's creating billionaires. Right. They came in, they they stole a lot of it. They ain't stole all of it. They ain't get all of it. But they don't want they don't want all of it. They just want the part that go make them millionaires and be able to send their kids to college and all that. They ain't worried about you sending your kids to college. But they they, they gonna try to make sure they able to send their kids to college. And 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 I don't I don't understand how people gonna see them becoming millionaires and don't say, Okay, well if they can become millionaires, we can become millionaires too.
0: Right but this is actually our thing. So, so I got a question for you. Out of, after watching what hip hop became through the years and seeing how, you know, like let's say early days, like how does, why didn't like, let's take the guys from the wild style movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so many dope MCs in there, and mm-hmm. as hip hop grew, I wonder what. I mean, maybe you can give me a little insight. Why didn't so many of those great MCs? Why didn't they get their chance when hip hop was was really exploding and becoming a, a more national thing? Like I'm talking because, about.
1: The, because you become a you be you become a throwaway to the system. You become a throwaway like somebody. Um, they got they they want they start getting so much. You become a throwaway because they want the new. They want to grab hold of the next thing coming and use that and then throw that away and get the next thing because. So, it's always gonna be somebody waiting in line for their chance. And these people, they call it the music business because that's all it is to them. They ain't, they ain't caring about the culture and and building a positive life. They just want you to what? This is the next. This is the next one. Okay, let's get him. Let's give him. Let's give a million dollars. We are gonna use him. Get all we can out of him. We gonna make fifty million dollars. We gonna give him one million. We gonna make fifty million. Then we gonna throw him away and try to find the next next thing.
0: Right, right. I was I was that's talking. How,
1: that's how they do.
0: Right. I was talking with DL earlier. Like out of like all the, you know, most of the people from the from that early era, when hip hop was all in the videos and everything. You know, I was just telling him earlier. It's like Cool D had a chance, mm-hmm. and he he did well. But when you think like that, you know, Busy Busy B didn't get that same run during that era. You know, um, no.
1: Well, Busy B is still running around doing his thing. He got a new. He got a couple of new joints out now. One called Smoke On, and you know, he's doing his thing. He running around with the band, doing his doing his shows and all that. He he in the Baltimore area. But he, you know, he's all over. He, you know, he was touring with KRS One for a while and 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 doing shows with KRS One. He's still doing the same. Yeah. The day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just I just feel like yeah, I missed those guys when when I was watching LL and the Fat Boys and all of them come up. I expected that it was yeah. my chance to finally see the guys that I had always heard but never got a chance to see because when rap got visual. And and you started being able to see videos on BET and the box and all of this. I felt like where I was, I was missing out on my chance to see these guys and what they do. You know, I what always they, heard what them, they but I missed
1: doing them. Was what what the Death Jam and this and that start doing? They start forming clique. Mm. So you wasn't part of that clique. You couldn't. You couldn't, they had, they, they lane chiseled out and they, this is they lane. So you ain't down with that Def Jam or whoever, you ain't a part of that click. So now they get, they click it and they doing the fresh, fresh one, the fresh, fresh two, and they taking and moving them around, you know, who run DMC and a couple of other groups. Um, which we friends with for all of them. I just talked to John Lee. He, you know, he, I reached out to him a couple of times, and he called me back the other night and was like, "Yo, you know, thanks for you know checking on me, fam. You know, we a lot of us you know, okay, you know, a lot of, they they show us respect and 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 they and we become families with you know yeah, everybody. So I mean, you know. Even even Molly Marl. I last time I was around Molly Moll, I said, "Listen, all this Bronx versus Queens—we got to stop that. We got to bring that to a head because it's not actually like that anyway. But they've been formed, they've been brainwashed to be a clique. So that's what they deal with. Right, right. You know where in the Zulu Nation we." We everybody is universal. We universal love, universal family. But they they don't. They make these guys think that if you if you be friends with them, then you got to share your fame with them. You got to share that money with
0: them. Did that Did that early South Bronx Queens rivalry um, do anything? You think it caused any lasting damage to the to the original culture?
1: we wouldn't we wouldn't let it we wouldn't let it hey, cuz we constantly we still you know Zulu Nation anniversary and this and that and it's for, and when you got people coming from germany russia um to the Bronx to represent their hip hop at, at a at a Zulu Nation anniversary you know, that tells you something. People paying their money to travel here and say, yo, this is what we got from y'all. And this is what we did with it. Right. You know, ice see ice, you know, he's He he been out, been rolling with us since the early 80s. Yeah. You know? His um, man
0: Donald D was from from the west from the East Coast, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, Donald. Yeah, Donald D. We grew up in the same project,
2: right? Donald right.
1: D lived right down the block from me. You know, he hit me up. Boom. Yo, what's up? Africa is long. You know, down with the rhymes syndicate. You know, all we they all from the Bronx. Um, wow. you know, and it, it's when, but this is what I'm saying: the branching out. Is, is crucial for so you to you see coming from the jumping off the roof and you going to live in germany you're going to live in france you're going to live in italy and they and they and they grab on to you to get the nourishment the hip-hop nourishment that they want to be able to grow into something in their area and we're not saying do it like us. We just giving you the basics and wanting you to put your spin on it. We don't want it to stay the same. We want it to evolve and grow into something better. Mm. So the fifth element now of hip hop a couple of years ago is vegan.
0: It's what? We gotta, it's vegan. Vegan. Oh, vegan. Yeah. All right, you got
1: John Sally was at the ceremony. You got so many people that's vegan, you know. And John Sally from the NBA walked up to me and said, "Yo, you you've been a bad boy for a long time, man. I usually come to y'all parties, and I was seeing you." And I said, "You know, uh, and I'm taking it. This is John Sally telling me this." Right. You know, we we hanging out with Reggie Miller, um, Gary Payton. I r- I ran into Gary Payton, in, in in Las Vegas, and he was like a little kid to me. And I'm like, yo, this is the glove.
0: <laughs>
1: and said, yo, he's you like, know, yo, this know, is Tony come, Crush. come To my house, <laughs> yeah, come to my house. You know, but I, you know, I, I I been in, I was in Denver. And I was talking to this kid, and when I told him who, you know, I hugged him and I pushed him in his ear, who I was, he faded in my arm.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was excited too, man. To,
1: when he came too, he said, yo, it's like a fairy tale. Like, y- y'all are like fairy tales. Yeah. Said, when I say, dude, I'm thinking of an uh, old, old person. And this was like maybe five or ten years ago, but he, but you know, these people that live in these places, they never would think they'll run across one of us, right? So when, so when they run across one of us, of course, you know, they like, oh, they feel like the luckiest person in the world. You know, people are naming bars after the uh, Cold Crush. I, when I was in Denver, my man said, "Yo, they got a bar over here named Cold Crush." So I was like, "Yo, take me by there." So as I walked in, told the dude at the door, like, "Yo, tell the only Tony Crush is here." He's like, "Oh man, really? come on in, come on in." You know, because there was some cats from Brooklyn that moved by the devil and they named their bar after us.
0: Right. Yeah. So
1: you know, it's it, it's it's an honor you know they have people that look at us like that that think of us like
0: that yeah no doubt and as a as a DJ too it feels good man just being recognized you know what I'm saying we
1: yeah
0: yeah. we appreciate and like you. I
1: said you know it's, it's I enjoy talking to people and I, I you know I hope I'm giving people a lot of stuff that they don't know that's going on cause it's all stuff you could you can he would search the internet and say, "Oh, he was right." You know, he 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 letting us know about something we should know about already.
0: Right. Yeah. You know? Have you heard anything about Swiss Beat starting a foundation? A, a, a foundation to um to get the hip hop pioneers money.
1: I heard that he was. I think he he jumped the gun and started saying that he wanted. To give every uh, all of us a million dollars, and then Cat start like reaching out to, him. and I'm and I'm sitting here looking at this, and I'm saying, why does everybody just start slamming them? Like, yo, you know, like I'm saying. So I called Grandmaster Cat, and Cat, was I'm like, yo, he's like, yo, let it happen. I said, I ain't going I ain't gonna reach out to him. You know, we like, yo, if, if we don't come up in in the lineup, we don't care, you know, because we're not doing this for that. We appreciate that he said that. But, you know, sir, the same people, they're going to always, when it's money, they're going to reach out because it's money. They're not reaching out for what they should be reaching out. they reaching out because it's money and they're greedy. All
0: right.
1: You know, if
0: I got a question for my you.
1: My thing is, speech. What you gonna do for the generation that's coming after us? What are you gonna do for the education assist system? What are you gonna do to make these kids' lives easier with the learning and 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 what they gonna be when they grow up? You know, this is a whole lot of. Speech gray areas with our people um our kids ain't being taught well we we know we live in two different worlds right well i look at it like that a lot of people we don't they sleeping and they 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 caring about the wrong thing but i know like we living in two different worlds and our kids is getting and white kids are getting 80%. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do to even that out? Are we going to open up our own schools and teach our own kids what we need to teach them to survive?
0: Got to give more back ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We got to, we got to take control of, of teaching our kids, take back control of teaching our kids. But so they they programming our kids. They're not teaching our kids. And we got to get that in everybody's head that we are being programmed when we go to their schools. And they're not teaching us. Right. They're giving their kids all the opportunities to come out of school and to be making that type of money and And they're not giving our kids that that same opportunity
0: yeah. so. well have you um have you thought about um you know what what are you doing along those lines because I can tell you got a passion for this, so mm-hmm. is there anything that that you want to tell us about that that you got going on
1: that well, i'm i you know- i'm i'm, I'm I'm, you know, sometimes I gotta force to to sit down and calm down because um, I I I start my head start hurting because I'm just my mind is running like what can I do before I get up out of here that's gonna make a difference to in the community to my community to your community. Um, I think I did enough that somewhere along the line my name is gonna. Continue to pop up for a while. I'm in, I'm in like four different museums um, across the country. So I'm not too concerned about me. I'm concerned about the community and and and, and people, kids. Um, right now, I'm trying to start. Um, I'm putting together this Hip Hop Elders Association um, where we can. Um, we're gonna start with like small insurance. Um, whereas somebody invests in it um, you die your family get a, a, a check to bury you in and whatever um, that's where we're going to start and then we're going to start to grow into health care and try to get people um, policy, policies so people can have health coverage um, my wife is trying to open up a school um, called the future school so She's trying to build that, um, you know, and we're going to try to help with that. And, you know, might start off with one small school and then try to grow it into something big where, you know, it might be two two to five within the next 10 years um, across the country. Um, we got to start building our own schools. We got to start building our own organization to take care. Of. And then when I say our people, I don't mean black people. I mean people that are basically in the same situation that we in, um, whether it's black, white. Um, I, and I don't even play the color games because that's all they are, colors. I'm talking about I try not to even do the afro American, because to them, African-American means property. So I don't even try to do that. And I try to explain people that we want to be seen as Black or we want to be seen as African-American more than we want to be recognized as human beings. And everything they do, is to try to declassify you as a human being. Right. So when they kill you, they don't feel, they don't want people to say, to feel like they somebody, a human being just got killed. Yeah. They want them to say first that, oh, a black person got killed. Yeah. Well. You know, we don't, a lot of us don't even focus on that we human beings, and that's they've been trying to they've been trying to declassify us as humans so fucking long that we even falling for it now. Oh, I'm black. Why can't I be black? Because that's a color. <sighs> yeah. When I read this thing and it said <clears throat> African American means property to them. That's why they got to the stand your ground laws. and It works for black white people, but it don't work for black people. Mm-hmm. You, you got you to gotta, you gotta look at that and really think, like, try to think like them. Everything that they're not okay with, they put a color on it. White women that have kids by black men, they call grays. Oh, you got one pitch of blood, black blood, You're you black. considered black. Yep. They got they, that's their color code thing. And we going right along with it. We playing right into the game. Because when you say, oh, yeah, I'm black and all that, that means you certifying what they saying. You going along with what they saying. Right. So we gotta stop giving them the we giving them the power to say, Oh, everything they say, we willing to go with it. Like, oh master say I am, so I am.
0: Yeah. So so I can tell I can tell that this is this is where your your second passion is outside of hip hop. So whatever you and your wife or what if she gets her school going Whatever y'all decide to do, keep us up with that so that we can support because, you know, we're all down for change right about now. You know what I'm saying?
1: We all need the change. We all need our people to say, hey, we human beings and really put it out that we are human beings because that's why they winning because we agree with them that we're not human beings. Amen. And we don't intend to but that's what they, that's they got us blind, my, um, brainwashed, and, and we just following their lead. How you gonna hang people for all this time and nobody been prosecuted for for lynching Are anybody black? or anybody willing to help black?
0: Right, man, that'd be a whole separate. Podcast. We we, <laughs> we <laughs> but, but we, it
1: ain't talked about enough for people to really, you know, it, everybody wanna ignore it. Oh yeah, ain't nothing gonna happen. Ain't nothing gonna happen if you don't never speak about it. When right. you start speaking about it, maybe something will happen. Right. But this is how I, this man felt he could kill George Floyd. On national TV in front of the world.
0: Yeah, and we still don't know if he's gonna get away with it.
1: Yeah, we still don't know. And that's why they pro they pro they prolong it. So oh, okay, now the tension is down. Ain't nobody you know, we might have had a million people paying attention to it, but now it's only like 100,000 people paying attention to it. So we might just well push it under the rug. <laughs> but since that, look how many other people done got killed, lost their lives for some BS. Went True.
0: Right down the street.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we not saying, you know, yo, that we don't want to try to be next week. We want to try to be right now while in people's minds. Yeah. Oh, well, we got a we got a lot of cases. You can move this one up. This one is more, is important enough for you to move it up. I agree. You know, but they want people to forget. You know, move on to the next thing and all this and that. So they yeah, they put it back. They they push it off as long as they can. I feel like they want to. You know the government is is um should be held responsible for a lot of this stuff. Well, because the government is, is the one that's putting it out there, making laws, and holding on to it. On the uh,
0: on the issue of the government, when where it relates to hip hop, have you seen any government infiltration? Involved with the um on the musical side because you know how you know how there's word of the hip hop police so they would say
1: yeah 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 um i know they when they was trying to classify the zulu nation as a gang i know we had infiltration and in our ranks and all that um but they never they was never really able to put anything big on us. Yeah, we had a couple of uh, bad apples, you know. So just, it's all from the street. So, yeah, you got a couple of bad apples. But they couldn't get, they haven't been able to get nothing really, anything that they can say, okay, let's shut this down, Um, you know. Yeah. But you ain't trying to shut down the Ku Klux Klan. You ain't trying to classify them as no terrorists.
0: So they classified the Zulu Nation as a gang. Yeah. So, you know, we did a podcast too on the impact of gang culture on hip hop. What um what did you see back then as far as the impact of gang culture in the early days compared to what you saw coming into the nineties and two thousands? How did that I change? I mean I mean the
1: gang the gang culture was 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 before hip hop, and that's how people was living. Uh, I think it, it gave hip hop a jump start, really, because a lot of the gang members took off their colors and become hip hoppers. Hmm. It wasn't hip hop at first, but you know that's what it grew into. Um, I was in the game, yeah. You know, I was in the game called the, uh, the Undertakers, you know. Um, I went to a school that had sixty different games in it. And only me and one more, one other dude was was in the Undertaker, so we didn't even have we didn't have the <laughs> opportunity to wear our colors in school because it was only two of us in it. <laughs> um so I think that, uh, the 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 culture added to a lot of the culture that that's now um in hip hop Um, it gave it flavor, um, it gave it, uh, some sense of fashion and, uh, you know, all that, um, we, we, we from the beginning, so we see we see all the different turns and hooks and stuff that changes, um. Long before Biggie and them was wearing the pinstripe suits and stuff, the big hats, we was wearing them before that. Um, uh, we had a show called Gangster Chronicles in '81. We battled the um, Fantastic Five of our show with the Chronicles. We came out with the pinstripe suits on, um, with toy machine guns and stuff, and we had a whole skit, a whole gangster skit. Uh, we did this leather spikes. um we saw Rick James and we saw Earth Fire, the way they was dressing, so we had that that element in hip hop at some point in time. Uh, so we looked at the we looked at the entertainers because that's what we were striving to be, like the entertainers, so yeah, we changed up we changed up a lot, you know. Trying everything, and now these kids, you know, they don't even they they don't even care really. But I I can't say they don't care, but because they doing their own culture, they doing the culture they want to do, and they they trying to you know, dress and like they want to dress. Um, but I just watched this thing um two days ago, and how the lady was saying. In the early 70s, this dude was speaking on um, a lot of the the dress, wearing and all that. And he was talking about this in the 70s that how it was being geared to all that men wearing dresses, um, black culture wearing you know, dresses and stuff. Um, so, like, I've been telling people for years this ain't just happening. This has been put in place and now it's coming in to fruition. You know, somebody sat around and been guiding this in the direction that it's going. And people just think oh, this is just happening and, you know, no, this was put in line to start happening
0: as far so as
1: they 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 steering they steering and they making stuff happen that this is not just happening somebody is is controlling the narrative, so this could happen
0: yeah we we talk a few okay. times about how how um how you could see that that once we lost control of hip hop the the content became one thing it was all negative and that ain't what it used yeah. to be and you know we had a you know, whole show about well, that when we when it's um it's
1: one thing to lose control it's another thing to be brainwashed when you're not being brainwashed, and they triggering such a different situations, and and they 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 they, they are making things happen because they they sit in around the table and they say yo. This is the way we want it to be. Like twenty twenty one, this is how we want it to be by twenty twenty eight. And they they steering it and they making they making stuff happen and, and guiding it that way. Right. These people are very vindictive and all that. And we got to understand who we dealing with. These are people that have dropped bombs on us. Has burnt down whole colonies. All that. And yeah. the government just let them get away with it. And if they get control of the music. A, I, was in a room, I was in a room one day and we play hip hop And there was some guys maybe 10, 15 years older than us. So when I seen their attitude towards what we was playing, I went over and talked to them. I said, yo, how y'all doing? You know, I see y'all not really feeling this music. Nah, this ain't real, no real music. I said, but, you know, you don't think this could be our own way of of the revolution? they said, uh, after, Mark, uh, after Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, there's no such thing as a revolution. I said, you don't think this could be a He said, listen to me. He said, they could come in this room right now and kill all of us. And there will be the same people telling your family, we're going to find out who did this.
0: This is who we dealing with. This is Capital City with Capital J.
1: So, you know, but, you know, everybody else wants you to be the hero. They want you to be the, instead of getting behind you, they just going to sit back and say, and like, how long is gonna take for them to kill them <laughs> You know they they can't get back. So how long is gonna take for them to kill you? How they gonna kill you and all
0: that? You know. Well, while while we in this lane, tell me some of the things in your career. You know things that you dealt with as an artist. That that speak directly to what we were just talking about right there.
1: I mean, you things, know, it's you know like, things that happen. When I'm I'm, I'm asked to leave a lecture, because I'm willing to ask certain questions, and then people jump up and say, well, who are you to say? And who are you to say? And I said, huh? Who am I to say? You're the one sitting up there calling Sylvia Robinson your hero in hip-hop. But she one of the first ones that start robbing hip hop. What make you want to make her your hero?
0: So it's safe to assume that you know Sugar Hill Gang wouldn't rank too high in your category. Well, of Sugar Hill
1: Gang, is, Sugar Hill Gang is a is a studio <clears throat> group. Sugar Hill Gang was never in the street with us. They Good. came. Came together to do that record. They you know, they was a formed group. But I'm just saying when you got uh when you got somebody now, you know the Robertson grandkids is running around saying, Oh, my, my, my grandmother started hip hop. Like your your grandmother started hip hop. You know, they got the Sean on on the oh, the first family of hip-hop, the Robinsons. I'm like, you know, it's like, how'd you get that credit?
0: Just owning the label.
1: Yeah, it's only a label, but that's how they, that's how they put it out there, so that's where people start believing. You know? It's like, the music, when when the when the records start coming and play, that's when the group start falling apart. That's when hip hop stop falling apart, because now it it just becomes a, a a a way to make money to them. Then they kill off the positive hip hop and come up with the gangster rap.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's what we with. I, I go to the West Coast and they play
1: Curses on the radio. They play me records with Curses on the radio. I call I call home and I yo, they play the Curses on the radio I said,
0: <laughs> It's a problem.
1: Yeah. You know. But this is what I say. When everything is going to good, they start planting viruses and everything. Because they don't want it to perceive, be perceived as something good for your community. Well, they try to tear it down so they can control. Is because it? now people are looking at it as those black kids, those black kids. so they don't want them to say Nothing positive is coming out of those black kids.
0: Who do you see now that you think has that spirit that's on the scene? Or an artist that you can relate to on the on the level that that you feel like. Well, I
1: mean, they all blindfolded by it. The, they all blind by the money. They all blind by the money. They they're not even. The music that's being made, they, they ain't even being made right. You know, when we start making the few records we make, we would go in the studio and the engineer would teach us how to make the record. Right. Now these guys is going into in the studio and they telling the engineer to shut up and do what I want. They're taking the mathematics out of making music.
0: A lot of these guys everything don't have engineers.
1: Do math. No. Everything got to do with math. Even you walking, you walking at a rhythm to walk correct. You can't even walk to this music. You can't even dance to this music because it's so off.
0: I have the same problem with a lot of this stuff, too, and they just feel like dudes just take off like somebody shot a gun and they just take off rapping and just damn what the beat says, I'm going this fast.
1: Yeah. yeah, the music is going one way and they, and they what they said is going the other way. It's like I see the party go from dancing to just standing around when this music come on.
0: Background music is that everything's throwaway nowadays, and yeah, I, you know it's hard. It's hard for classics to 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 rise up because everything's so throwaway. But you know, yeah. you still get on them pop up every now and then, though. Know?
1: Yeah, you get you get one or two that I don't know if they really focus on making it better or it just happen. <laughs> but you know, they can't. They can't come in on the one, you know, they can't do an eight bars, you know, because they don't even care.
0: You can tell who got good mentors, you know, yeah. you you hear but young artists. Sisters,
1: do they even listen? I'm like, yo, until today, I don't want no ass pisses around me. If something is wrong, bring it to my attention. If you got a better plan, bring it to my attention don't just go with me calling who I am. Bring it to my attention like, yo, I don't think that'll work.
0: Too many yes, man.
1: Yeah. It's like, yo, what are we gonna, what are we gonna teach the kids? What are we gonna have our women look at us and faith. But because they think they got them thinking that if they're not really making no money, he ain't shit. And that's what a lot of women is is looking for. What type of money you got.
0: It's a poisonous not mentality.
1: Kind of knowledge, not not what kind of knowledge you got, what you got to offer. Um You know, is your heart good? You know, they don't care about that because somebody else on told them that don't mean nothing no more. Yep. Is he a stand-up man? Um, Is he going to fight for you? No. A lot of women care if you. What kind of car are you driving? Um, Can you take me to Red Lobster? You know, I told my friend, my friend is 25-year, retired lieutenant. You know, so he's trying to do stuff in Waco, Texas. I ain't even know him. My man said, yo, let's go out there and, and you know, see what we can do help, to help him. So we jump on the plane. We, we introduce ourselves. We go out and jump on the plane and go out there. We having a conference. And they going back and forth, back and forth. So I stand up and I was like, yo, you know, you know, it's a snake in here, right? Oh, oh, why you say that? Why you say that? I said, cause as soon as we started this conference, it's a back and forth. And somebody in here ain't willing to agree to nothing. So that just let me know it's a snake in here. Hmm. I said, what? Just like we in this room going back and forth. They're in the room someplace going back and forth too. So don't think we the only one doing something. We try to do something positive and they in another room trying to do something negative to our people. <laughs> so why we here going back and forth, we only hurting our people. Yeah, because nobody want to get on the same you want to go in the same direction maybe because this ain't your thing so I don't really want to flow with you I want you to flow with my idea and this is where we that's the way we always hit the wall at. this is where we hit the wall at because if they don't send them People themselves start, oh, if I'm if not if I'm not in control of it, then I don't want to flow with it, and they throw it off. I've had people come to me and say, you know, I want to help you and the pioneers. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then when I call the pioneers together, it's a whole bunch of back and forth because some people are thinking, how can I get money out of this? Other people are, are trying to say, I want to look like the head of this. I want to be the head of this. You know, so it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff that come to the table that ain't necessary. Right. We tried to start the Federation for the Preservation of Hip Hop Culture some years ago. And the Vice President and the President kept bumping heads. I was like, "Yo, we don't get this first right. Ta- this first table right. This ain't gonna work. We got to get this first table working together for this to work." And it never happened. Wow. So now I'm trying to start the Hip Hop Elders Association. Okay. Don't want to hear. It.
0: What What would that
1: What I would want that do? Everybody that's in the table. To to, to let let's go this way and this way is for the people. Don't start thinking about your individual self. This is for the people. Let's figure out how to get people insurance. Let's figure out how to get people health insurance. Let's death insurance. Let's figure out how to how to how to open up these schools, non-profit for profit and, uh, you know it's like, oh well if we could, we gotta do a non for profit and yo know, let's get our lawyers together
0: let's ha- get them to figure this out hey the insurance line is a good way to go man you know, to dig into that a little bit more yeah yeah you
1: know but I'm like yo we got doctors that come out of hip hop we got lawyers that come out of hip hop why not Reach out to them and say, listen, we we need to get this right or closest to right this time. Because anything positive, they coming for you. They coming either to shut it down or to buy it from you. We can't be bored. I can't be bored. Uh. I can't be bored. I turned down Sugar Hill records. I took down Def Jam record. I took, I took down at least five record companies coming up. And you know why? Why? Because they wasn't they wasn't doing nothing for us. They wasn't doing nothing for us. And, and to prove it, everybody that was on Sugar Hill Records is still trying to get money out of Sugar Hill Records 30 years later. Everybody that was on that label. Right. They got a, a lawsuit going, still trying to get money. Sylvia Robinson passed away. Her husband Joe Robinson passed away. Her son Joey Robinson. The only one left is Lee Lee Leland Robinson and he's getting all the money. And he offered them the like a thousand dollars to drop the lawsuit. Oh Just give God. them some money. Right. Just give them some money.
0: Especially when you when they built the whole legacy.
1: Yeah. Turned down Death Jam. Russell tried to sign us three times. Turned down Def Jam. He wanted us to change our name from the Cold Crush Brothers to the Cold Crush Crew and have, instead of using C, use K so we could be known as the KKK party. Get out of here, Russell. I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm not doing that. I'm not settling my soul, settling my Oh, my goodness. Yeah, controversy. You got to build controversy. I don't want that type of controversy. I don't want to be connected to no KKK at any point. Right on. And who knows? They might come
0: Your battery that nah, his phone, he oh, his phone. clicked it, yeah. Uh-huh. Let's say get him back. This
1: was good stuff. I lost you. Yes. We back. Yeah. Well like you you know. He's a me and now, now, so they look at him as a guru. He's in you know, he, he ain't no guru. He just got, he got in a position and he made it work for him. He didn't work, it. he didn't make it work for everybody. He just made it work for him and the people around him.
0: Yeah, you know, so... Right place, right time. Yep, yeah, and then
1: and then sold Jeff Yam to the Chinese but stayed on as a figurehead to make our people still think he, you know, he was the man. He owned it. He's still doing this thing when the money is going to the Chinese
0: people now. Right. Behind the scenes stuff nobody knows about. Yeah. All of them sold. Uh I,
1: all of them sold, and but still, no. Yeah. Don't tell your people that you don't own it no more, because you want to make money off your people. So now they they helping you swindle off. right?
0: Well, you know. So, so, and at, at this uh, not a change direction or anything, but but at this no, point. No,
1: change direction. Cause I, I'll keep, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, like, let's get back to the hip hop. You know? Yeah, well, well, I'm a DJ. I know a lot of DJs, and mm-hmm. and you know they they just never seem to stop working. <laughs> you still working? Yeah, yeah, I'm working. Yeah, so I'm
1: working.
0: So what? Well, well,
1: we got we got to stop accepting, just accepting what they give us, like. You know, like, they made National DJ Day January 20th. Like, who came up with that date? Supposed to be (laughs) National DJ
0: Day. What can
1: you do on January 20th?
0: Yeah, that's supposed to be a date in the summer. Yeah. Where you can get outside. Yeah. Like, maybe the third Saturday in July.
1: I'm saying, who, who came up with January 20th? And And why did we just accept it? <laughs> because that's how they got us programmed. I
0: don't know, I never really celebrated it. Well, you know, me neither, but
1: you know if if two of us celebrated then that's <laughs> that's too too many, like yo, you know, I'm like, yo. Okay, now that I don't celebrate Fourth of July no more, because I learned what that was all about. So let's move National DJ Day to July
0: (laughs) Fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Um. So what kind of what like what? What's a typical gig nowadays?
1: Um. Well, I got a sound company. I got a sound company. I could do ten thousand people. So I'm. I'm pushing that. Um, I go sometimes. I'm, I'm asked to go to colleges and and talk and give lectures. I do that. Um, I try to do a lot of like I'm supposed to do Juneteenth this year because I basically just start finding out what Juneteenth is about. So I'm supposed to do Juneteenth on um, June 19th. But the COVID they got like restrictions up here with the COVID. So I'm like, well maybe I'll push it back to twenty twenty I mean, in twenty twenty two. Um, you know, uh, right. I'm pilot I'm shows, um you know.
0: So so you are, are available.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 always available of the night I'm available. Um well, I'm like yo, you need a system, and 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 Kentucky. I'm bring I'll bring a system. And if your buddy is saying you can you can have me bring a system, I'm on my way.
0: You know, that's what's up. Yeah. That quality sound Hey, give them give them your information so they know how to get in contact with you, um, with you for your well,
1: business. I'm, I'm totally on everything. Facebook, um, you know, Instagram. Um, ajtonycrush at gmail.com Um dot com. You know, I'm I don't drink, but I I'm I'm part, I'm part, part of this um Hip Hop Beers. We are coming out with a company called Hip Hop Beers. Um, Cold Crush got a beer called Cold Crush, it's the IPA. Um, we're trying to sign Rocky right we're trying to sign Roselle, right and we could do a craft beer, seltzer, water, or energy drink. Um, so, you know, and the artist, if it's like his, like say if it's Razel Rizel beer, he gets the percentage of
0: the sales off his beer. Um, Razel? Yeah, from the Roots. Wow. I hadn't heard his yeah, name in so, a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we met with his manager two weeks ago. We met with we met with rockin' manager. Um, We might be doing um, like a a honest beer for you know the fallen soldiers. We might be doing a notorious for Biggie. Um, We might be doing an ecstasy for ecstasy for Houdini. Different things. Um, We try to sign West Coast artists as well. and everybody get a cut-up, they beer, You know, we come up with a flavor. So far, we got a Zulu Stout, you know, for the Zulu. <laughs> the
0: Zulu Stout.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, just trying to do stuff. Um, so, and, you know, trying to get it off the ground. We probably going to have a couple of tap houses. Um, one, we try to look at Denver and... um and um, Arizona for the first two, and probably Troy, because they got some breweries, the Bronx Brewery in the Bronx and all that. Um, got a couple up here in Connecticut. So we're just trying to branch out and bring, bring the culture to our people, you know, because we drink beer, too. I mean, well, I don't drink beer, but, <laughs> you know, people at the hip hop drink beer, too. So right. we try trying to get this twist, you know. We looking for you know investors and stuff like that. Um, like I said, we trying to open up schools and programs. Um, you know, Jam Master before he passed, he had the Scratch Academy, and that's still going on. Um, my friends down in Denver, they started the DJ School out there. they doing pretty well, and I'm and um and I was just thinking about starting a DJ school in this area and dedicated to my my, my partner, um, DJ Outlaw. Um, he passed away like five years ago. Mm, sorry um, to hear that. Everybody thought he was Puerto Rican, but he was actually Italian. Um, <laughs> but the blackest Italian I ever met. Um, so, you know, it's like, when I took one step, he took two steps, you know, and was like, yo, why you keep getting these Puerto Ricans or whatever as your partner? I'm like, I'm not getting them. They just, they, they coming and they, and and it's a fit. Yeah, it's right. I'm not picking and choosing. I mean, maybe God is sending them to me. (laughs) You know, because they, you know, yeah. they thinking like I'm thinking, you know. I mean, I would give you the shirt off his back. You know, uh, every, sometimes you say, yo, I need some music, people are like holding on to it. Like, hey, hey, yo, give him whatever he wants. You know, it's you can't play it all. You can't play it all. Right. So, why, you know, people will not walk around with four terabytes of music and I only play like 2% of it. Like, yo, yes. You can't play it all. So, why try to hold on to all of it like
0: that? Right. Do you, do you still have records around?
1: <laughs> yeah, I got records around. I got records every place in yeah. this
0: house. Yeah, me too. My wife, my wife is about tired of all these records I got. I just won't let them go. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs>
1: well, you know, like when people pass away, they might give me their records before they pass away, or somebody might say, you know, somebody passed away and they got records in the storage or whatever. Or they just want to get rid of them, you know. So I like I got. I got my records in the basement. I got somebody else's records in my garage. And I got somebody else's records in my truck. And then I had somebody else's records in a, in a warehouse. So to do the last person I collected records from, I think he had like over 500 crates of records. So I put them in the truck and I brought them to Connecticut and put them in a and he was like, yo, I need, like, $3,000. So I said, okay, I'll sell, get the money. So he was like, well, you know, you give me $3,000 as soon as I, because I need it quick, and you can have the rest. So I, that's what I did. I, I, so what I told to get the $3,000, and then he said, yo, you can have the rest. Um, you know, so I got people that buy records, um, that's looking for records to buy as long as they please. Um, when our Lord died, he left a uh, public full of records. He told his girl, you know, half the records was hers and half ones mine. Um, I took the dude, he offered her $150,000 for the, for the records, mm. And she didn't take it. Man.
0: He didn't take it. man, I don't know how many records he had, but that guy needs to call me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love my records, but I love one hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, my man had he had you know everything. He used to DJ for Prince, so, you know, he had a whole lot of stuff, a lot of special stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, anytime you want to get ready to to move them, let me know. I'll let him know. I'll I'll send him your way, because he travel up and down the East Coast to see record collectors, you
0: know. Yeah, and I had a few of them guys come through, and then, you know, I decided not to sell um you know some of my more precious stuff because it felt like it felt like they were going to get the best pieces out of my stuff and leave me with the 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 you know I'm like either take it all or don't just come through here and take the jewels and leave me with the know, whole with, it, with, with 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 room fulls of, of records take it all or don't take the the jewels out you know Yeah yeah so, yeah, then.
1: you gotta you gotta, you gotta put it out there, listen. If you come, you gotta take it off Ain't no picking through it. Take right. it all, right? You know
0: I you got mean?
1: about two cats. I got one cat. He don't even want to listen. He's like, "Yo, he'll make your offer. Yo, I take it off for this. He don't even want. He looked through it later. Like, you know, but he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna give you this. I'm willing to give you this without looking through it." So, I don't right. know. Yeah, but they know what they are looking for. Right. And you know, as long as long as they playable, they sometimes they'd be like, yo, just give me it all. If all of it, you know, if all of it looked good from the beginning, they just say, you know, give me it
0: all. Man, I'm ashamed to say that I have actually thrown records in a dumpster when I was moving before cause it just got to be too much to move. Like you know, and I look back on like, oh, I wish I had held on to some Cause some of it, it was just the stuff that I just absolutely wasn't using. But then later yeah. on, I found out that the the category of stuff that I was tossing ended up being, mm-hmm. you know, this was keeping. Yeah, it ended up being the stuff you I should have held that on to. The album cover that sold
1: for over a hundred thousand. Which which one?
0: And Robin Ewings,
1: right? And When they did the auction, they had the album cover, not the album, the album cover went for over a hundred thousand dollars. And who but was my it? man? All my man always told me that that album cover was the money cover. Sometimes it's just the cover that that's worth the money, not the album itself. Just Yo, the cover.
0: What album was this?
1: It's a it's a dude. He's at Wild Style with us. His name is Ramelzy.
0: Ramelzy,
1: and and he put out this album, and he drew the cover himself. Wow! And that cover last year, last year went in the auction for one
0: hundred and twenty five thousand. Oh my goodness, man! I hope I got something like that stashed up in them crates and, and Just shells. Like the, the
1: crown that Biggie wore, that little $6 plastic crown, was probably, about the same thing, $100,000. Wow. I mean, people not you know, you know, it's joke to show people, to tell other people. It, it might be, you know,
0: I stashed a bunch of T-shirts from from all this time that I spent, you know, around hip hop and on radio and stuff. I I saved all the T-shirts, like you know, all the promotional T-shirts from you know. Yeah, well, I know
1: dude that looking for t shirts word. Yeah, they looking for T-shirts, yeah.
0: <laughs> looking for t-shirts the old flyers, and
1: they you know they care. Right, my man just sold.
0: My man just sold um, six posters. Oh, I got some posters now. Like you just sold six posters for fourteen grand. Wow. You got fourteen grand. Yep. I saved um like I, I saved mad promotional stuff. You know what I'm saying?
1: hmm so, so They yeah. want it. They looking for especially people that's dealing with the museums trying to put these museums together because the posters and the flyers give them dates. Mm-hmm. Give them dates when stuff was happening. And that's what they that's what they trying to do. They trying to put this thing in order. So they need everything that directs them to dates when stuff was happening. because yeah. a lot of a lot of um Lies and stuff just got the month and the date on it. They usually don't have the year. So they they looking for stuff that you know that they can determine what was going on at this time.
0: You know? Well, I got a T-shirt that might be worth something. There, it's a bad boy when they first, you know, when the label first came out. They were releasing that Craig Mack on that first t-shirt they put out, 1994, Bad Boy. Okay. <clears throat> I'm trying hey, to remember what it said want, on the front. I will
1: share this, i share this dude with you that's looking for t-shirts and stuff. Right, let me find, let me find him and I'll share
0: it with you. <laughs> yeah, I got the entire, I got the entire No Limit line. <laughs> Albums, <laughs> nah, t-shirts.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's the white dude. That's what he he he's like. Yo, you got your old t-shirts and stuff. I I direct you right to him.
0: Yeah, man. Well, it's about that time for us to be wrapping it up, man. But this has been an awesome. It's been an awesome conversation, man, and it's, I'm really glad that you gave us call or that we were able to talk to you tonight, though, for real.
1: Hey, listen, I'm, I'm I'm at the other end of the line. Anytime you want, I'm a, I'm a, I'm on the other end of the phone. If anybody wanna reach me, it's Tony Crush on Facebook. Um, you know, DJ Tony Crush at Gmail. I'm here, man. I'm
0: here. Right on, man. We well, we appreciate you.
1: I, like I said, we still get bookings. Um somebody wanna do the um they wanna do a an anniversary for the um nineteen eighty one battle we had with Fantastic. They wanna it was July third, nineteen eighty one and July third is on a Saturday this year. So they wanna do like a semi anniversary for that. Um, So they reached out and said, yo, can we get both of y'all together? Um, But I couldn't get all the fantastic together on their budget. So they just tried to do something with us on July 3rd. So I'm like, yo, let's make it happen. That's what's up. The,
0: The rap battle was nice, but what I really want to know is who won the basketball game?
1: <laughs> or the basketball game in the movie was only we was only throwing around so they could get footage, <laughs> and you know, my little my little verse I came up with on the spot. They was like, "All of y'all stand in line and just come up with something." So you know, we had to come up with a little quick saying or whatever, or whatever.
0: Man, that so ended up. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't even mean to interrupt you. That ended up being like one of the most iconic scenes ever.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know um, what I'm saying? You
1: know, in that picture, you had us the fantastic. Um, you had Lisa Lefleur and Azula Queens, Queen uh, in that scene, and you know.
0: I was wondering who those girls were.
1: Yeah, the one in um. White coat was uh, Queen Lisa Lee from the Zulu Nation. Um, she was pregnant at that time, but she couldn't tell. And one of the scenes in Wild Style, and andy Angie Stone was in the yeah. She wasn't. She was just happened to be in the scene because then her and Little Rod D.C. was married. Oh um, wow! So that's what her name was originally Angie B. Yeah. But was she, Married to Little Rodney C. His last, his real last name is Stone, so that's where she gets the Angie Stone from.
0: Wow, So you all know. connected. Yeah, she from down this connected way too. Huh?
1: Yeah, she from um, Columbia,
0: right? South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, so, we're um, in North Carolina, but you know, down this okay. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure, man. And, um, one time for the road, DL. It's Capital City. I'm Capital J, and this is DL Glass, <laughs> along with
1: the original BJ Tony Tone, aka Tony
0: Crush. Always, always the on time, Crush legend, <laughs> yeah. always on time. You see, I come in right on cue, right. Absolutely, you sir, a hey, truly professional. <laughs> I try my best, and well I don't
1: even try it. It's natural now. <laughs> it's natural. But listen, I'm I'm trying to come that way. I'm trying to come down that way with the show, uh, with a with a co show. Uh, but we are trying to find places to do this hip by fun run a five k to so raise money for, well, um. And stuff like that. So,
0: well, we're, we're, we're in looking, the Raleigh, Durham like, area.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're looking for places, you know, and they got a, um, you know, parking lot, big park situation so people can do the 5K. Um, you know,
0: Mm-hmm, right.
1: It's all about helping, all about trying to help as much as we can, you know, and, and get people out of the place immediately for them. So they can enjoy life too, you know. No doubt. I... All this shit. Wow, people need to dance. People want to dance.
0: Well, I got a few places in mind, man. I have DL send them to you because I know he has your number.
1: Okay. Well, you can get my number from him too. We all could say, You know, I might be down back down that way, DL, in um in June. Um, they trying to they um. Trying to give my cousin a surprise birthday party. So I might come back down there for that. Okay. You know, okay. I, yeah, my, family, my family just learning who I They don't even know who I am. They just learning. <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: It's crazy. Right on, man. man. You never know. You never know.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Well, well, you know, it's like I'm, I miss so many
1: family events out there doing what I do, man. And it's like, okay, I'm trying to learn my family and get my family to meet my family. So, you know, mm-hmm. but you got to make sacrifices, you know, to, to do something for the people. And people don't understand that. Like, you know, some some people are putting it and making sacrifices and they're not getting the millions of bucks and the thousands of bucks. I mean. Mm-hmm. They don't want to put us on tour. They don't want to come on after us. Like, yo, you got hit records and you don't want to come on after us. And, and, it's a different, know, kind like, energy, you know, different kind of energy.
0: Different kind of energy to follow.
1: Yeah. They don't even because understand. Know, you know, when people see us, they see it like, the rawest hip-hop. And they feel like, yo, that If, it, if they were doing it like that, you know, we was like, so far past what Rapper's Delight came out. When Rapper's Delight came out, we were so far past that that they had to simplify and bring it back for the people to be able to keep up with it. Yeah. So we not mad with them like Big Bang Hank was somebody's security. He wasn't even a rapper, you know? Right. I know y'all heard have- Sorry about him stealing his lyrics from Cass. Oh, yeah. Word for word. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he was he was Cast manager slash security.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He wasn't no rapper. So when people say, yo, why y'all don't, you know, give Sugar Hill the credit? Because they wasn't rappers in the street with us. Right. They didn't come up with it. And they act like they was better than us when they came out. They 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 just started being around us when they when they like left the left the company. And you know, it's like crazy. Like we we don't know, so we signing away our name. They couldn't leave with their name. They you know, it wasn't their name, it was a company name. But that's just like the moment that became Ray Goodman and Brown after a while. Because they was on Sugar Hill, and when they left, they couldn't take their name with them. Right. But, and you know, and that's all. If you paying attention and you're learning now, I'm supposed to share that with other people. Like, yo, copyright your name. <laughs> you right. know, own your name. Because if you sign with record company, you sign in your name over to them. That's why Prince became the artist formerly known. Right, because the contract it was preferring to the artist, the artist, the artist. It wasn't preferring to Prince. Uh, his real name was preferring to the artist, so he 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 changed his name to the artist.
0: So uh... y'all,
1: you know what. So nobody talks about it. So it, it it still gets the next people. It, it, they get the next people with the same thing because you not people not talking about it and letting people know, like yo, beware of this.
0: So you still in total beware control? In total control of the Cold Crush name? I own it. Right on. Mm-hmm. I own it. I own it.
1: I don't say know. You, you, know, you know, I'm not signing nothing. I want to count my money. I want to know what money comes to me. You know, a lot of people, they get in there, they just want to perform. So they, you know, they sign, uh, they don't even want to sign nothing. They sign all that over to their manager or whatever. And this is how your manager starts stealing from you because you trusted them and you've given them power of attorney so he do not feel like he's stealing it. You you giving them power of attorney. Mm. Strong. Words. IRS paid to Mo Kumo D and try, trying to tax him on a million a million dollars. And Kumo said, I ain't got a million dollars. And they said, But you made a million? And that's how you found out. His manager was still a million. Mm. He didn't even know what that made a million. Wow. Until they start trying to tax him on it. That's why I don't give nobody power attorney over over not a nickel. 'Cause because I want to know everything coming in and going out. Yeah. What? You know, that seems so easy. So that's why you do it. That's why artists do it. Like, yeah, I don't, I can't be bothered with that. You take care of it, and then you be, you know, somebody be stealing a, you know. But they, like I said, they don't feel like they're feeling because you gave them power of attorney. Yeah, so, man,
0: that's you know. that's good stuff, man. A lot of a lot of young artists need to know about this stuff too, man. You know, they just yeah. want they wanna they be to be seen.
1: They surround them with taking people. I'm trying to have the oh, you can have your friend around you, but you also got to have somebody around you that's saying, that's looking out for you and saying, yo, I don't think you should do that. (laughs) You know, no, I don't think you could do that. You're making money and then you're giving it right back to the system that want to lock you up. They want to lock you up. Yeah. Crazy, like, yo. They want to break you down. They want to make you poor again. They don't want you living in a bigger house than them or like them.
0: Yeah, boy. Like I said, we gotta get you on the. We did. We did a podcast about the presidents and and how who's in office at the time and the political climate and the economy changed the hip hop at the time. And we gotta get you back on one of them because I see you be thinking, all political and deep." Man. <laughs> yeah.
1: President ain't nothing but a puppet, you know. It's like they 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 been they been brainwashing us all these years about this and that. My man told me the other day. He said, "Yo, you know the president. Real the only real job he got is to control the mail." <laughs> <the pick-up. laughs> I was like, for real? Like, yeah, that, that, that's really what this job is. Like, yeah. control the post office. Like,
0: Every, everything else, else is delegated, though, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, everything yeah. else is delegated. And Damn, like, when you put when it I was like that. like, right. hey,
1: <laughs> 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 and, and listen, like I tell Cash, I tell Cass, listen, I ain't went nowhere but GED. But I pay attention and I try to think it out. No, I ain't I ain't been to college. I ain't got no ABCs or no DFGs behind my name. But it's, it's normal, it's shit that you can just think about and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, man. But then you got to believe it. You need all these alphabets and stuff behind your name to to be able to function. Like, yo. Listen to people around you. Listen to what they say. Think about stuff. Read stuff. Uh, you know they say the president's only job is is he over the post office.
0: Hey, that's what's up. Well, tell me this: Will, will you be willing to come back and talk to us another time? And we get on that stuff too.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Yeah, that's what's up. We
1: gotta wake up. We gotta wake our people up. You know. I mean, it's just. Have you ever heard of Black Sunday? Um, you can say no. Because i never the, heard the of
0: Black Sunday. I was going to say, the term sounds, it sounds so familiar, but yet I can't say I can say any particular incident makes me say Black Sunday. What? Tell me about Black Sunday.
1: Black Sunday, I ran into it one day on a Sunday. Tavis Smiley used to have this thing every year he did called Black Sunday. So I'm sitting there, and they keep talking about, we got a covenant with this, and we got a covenant with that. And this thing is like 24 hours long, I think. They got every senator, every black senator, every whatever, that comes through their Farrakhan, um I'll shout out to everybody that somebody come through there and mm-hmm. sit there and talk. <clears throat> the last the last half an hour, black lady, she was sending to uh, someplace and she asked the question why is there no hip hop representation here? Wow. What does he say? So they said that all day long going back and forth. Oh, the covenant. We got a covenant. When we signed this treaty. I guess they told they was talking about America. Um, and she right. said, why don't we have no hip-hop representation here? But I know what their representation would be a Russell Simmons or somebody. They ain't going to come and find none of us.
0: Yeah, we definitely, man. We we definitely gonna 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 get back with you for real. Yeah, we're gonna you pick your brain on this side next time.
1: And I'm that's, a- and that's <clears throat> probably why they shot why they shut
0: down, tabby smiley. Right. And this is the longest Longest running podcast we had so far. It's very okay, really special. We might have to make it a part one, part two. Yeah, because we had two hours, that's five minutes. the last yeah, that I did the podcast yeah. with. Uh, that's Y'all to shut it down, man.
1: I'm here.
0: I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, man. <laughs> hey, man. For real, man. It's been a good time, though, man. I can't wait to build with you all that other stuff. Peace and love,
1: man. Peace and love. They might come get me in the morning talking all this mess i On (laughs) this police in my pocket. You know that's the police in my pocket. (laughs) No invitation. We on the police. We probably hitting trigger words and all
0: that right now. Right, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've been on us ever since the crack episode. Yeah, hey, listen, we, we gotta
1: acknowledge, let them know we know they listening. Yeah, boy. Right.
0: That's what's up, man. Hey, we appreciate it, man. You be well hey, Peace and love, man. Peace and love. Tony Crush, people. Community, peace and love. DJ Tony, later. T- Talk to you soon, brother Uh, Alright,